What does it mean to live life to the fullest, train to your potential and perform at your best? Leave nothing on the table. That's a non-negotiable, is that I, I strive to be better every day. Because if I'm not on top of my game, how is anybody else going to follow me down the road? Keep demanding more of yourself to, to live up to that potential and to stay hungry. Training is progress. You know, when I look at the word training, I think of steps, baby steps to get somewhere that you want to be. And that is basically your life journey. It's a mindset in itself, man. It's like, it's not just about, I know that for you, a lot of that's about the physical, but we're constantly in training, whether it's growing our skill sets, whether it's growing our physical bodies, whether it's growing our relationships, whatever. And all of that's a training ground. And that kind of goes back to the mindset that we just talked about. You underestimate yourself and you don't even start. But then once you start, you often surpass what you thought you could do. Perform at your best, mate. That's that's sort of what life is all about. You know, want to have the knowledge, want to have the fitness, the health, the ambition and drive that no matter what comes along, when that next phone call comes, I can just say, yes, I don't have to worry. Just go and do it. Yo, what is up, guys? Welcome to this Coach's Corner episode with myself and JLT. I'm Sean Cober of the Live, Train, Perform podcast. JLT is from Stormforce Fitness. We had an 80-minute conversation where we discussed a number of things, uh, and I've split that conversation up over four episodes. This is the third installment, so if you haven't listened to episode one and episode two, please go back and listen to those because if you don't listen to those, then uh, a lot of the stuff that we say in this third installment won't make as much sense. All right, so in the first episode, we spoke about some of the common issues that we see when uh, clients start working with us. Uh, in the second installment, we discussed a number of different approaches. We had goal-based approaches, uh, process-based approaches, and identity-based approaches. In this episode, we discuss how to manipulate training and nutrition dependent on where you are in the year. So as an example, uh, there's going to be times when you're looking to maintain where you're at. There's going to be times where you're looking to make gains and there's going to be times when you're looking to minimize the damage. Now, these episodes are dropping during the festive season. So this uh, makes sense to me to look at minimizing the damage where we understand what our values are and then we have these rules and regulations around our movement, around our training, around our sleep, around our uh, lifestyle, etc., to uh, stop us from sabotaging all of the hard work that we've gone through to get us to that point. So kick back, relax, and see if there's any tips and strategies that you can implement during this festive season. Let's get this episode underway. You know, if you say maybe, again, if you're working with a coach, what are the three key habits I need to, to instill? Where can I start? So it might be, you know, we talk about things like a litre and a half of water, if, if you can drink a litre and a half, well, probably three times as much if you're in Thailand, but for us normal people <laughs> over in England, you know, a litre and a half is a good place to start. Um, the the sleep thing, can I spend eight hours in bed? Even if sleep's not perfect at first, I'm in bed for eight hours, you know, we'll work on the rest as we go. Three key habits like that done for, even just three things like that done for 30 days, you will feel drastically different. And as you said before, what often happens, and there's no way for you or I to prove this to clients, they just have to kind of have a bit of faith, is that you will feel different and you will want to do more after a week of drinking enough water mm. and sleeping. And mm. You know, I wrote a sleep book precisely about all of this stuff and 
even a little without getting too sciencey, you know, the difference between sleeping for eight hours a day and four hours a day for just five days, it can mm. change your insulin sensitivity by like 40%. So, mm. you know, when we start, you know, you want to hear about the keto diet, you want to hear about should I eat carbs and all of this sort of stuff. If you're not sleeping, then, you know, if you're sleeping well, then almost to put it, it's not quite as simple as this, but you can eat and process more carbohydrates. If you eat and process those carbohydrates better, you can train harder, you can do the program and so on and so forth. But it all starts from getting to bed for eight hours and just that, that little habit. You know, nobody's saying that sleeping for eight hours is going to turn you into a fitness model. But what we do know is if you're not sleeping like that, unless you're taking drugs and stuff to help you, it's very, very unlikely that you will become a fitness model. You know, it's, Mm. I saw something the other day. I can't remember what it was. I think my my friend sent me a meme or something. Mm. Um, it was on their stories or something like that. But uh, it was basically um, sleep is an investment in your productivity the next day. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It is massive. Yeah, man. Honestly, I, I, we all know sleep's important. Like, it's, I don't think anyone needs to be told that. But it's only when you actually see some of the, the statistics and how... Like I said, that's five days of only sleeping deeply for four hours. Some people have been mm-hmm. doing that shit for 35 years. Like You can only imagine the toll it takes on a, a cellular level and energy and digestion and all that stuff. And it is, it is quite mind-blowing. Uh, but again, you, you won't believe it until you do it. And like I say, it starts yeah. from turning your phone off and getting to bed. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> And dude, like, think about this: if you if you don't exercise for a day, you're all right. Yeah. If you don't eat for a day, you're probably still all right. Yeah. If you don't drink water for a day, yeah, you're probably going to be hurting a little bit. You don't sleep for a day, you're in trouble. Yeah. You extend that out to a week. You don't exercise for a week, you're fine. You don't eat for a week, eh, you're probably going to be a little bit of trouble. You don't drink, you're probably dead. Mm. <laughs> you don't sleep for a week, you're fucked. Yeah. There's some, there's, yeah, there was a good, I don't know if it was a book or something I read, but it was along those lines about the longest time anybody has been known to survive without food, water, and sleep. And sleep is like 11 days, whereas food, you, mm. obviously, is not healthy, but you can do it for months. Like people have been stuck under rubble in an earthquake for 60 days with no food or water mm. and still survive. But sleep, you've basically got 11 days and you're fucked. So that alone mm. just... <laughs> You know, our bodies only and, do what is important. So, <laughs> and, and and I mean, I'm sure those 11 days, like fucking after two days of no sleep, it yeah. would be a pretty shitty existence. You probably wouldn't be a lot, wouldn't want to be alive anyway. <laughs> oh, so there was a game show. I think they did a game show like this. It was probably one of these Japanese things where it was like, who can stay, who can stay awake the longest? And it, I was like, that, two days of that shit, and I was just be like, I'm tapping out. Dude, I remember. You know, they, they make them drink like five liters of milk and then ride a horse yes. for as long as they can. Dude, I, <laughs> man, I, I remember this was like, uh, probably like 10 years yeah. ago now. Um, it was like a, a radio show that was like, hold your wee for a wee. Yeah. And someone died, man. Yeah. Someone fucking died oh, because man. they held their piss for too long. <laughs> like, it's, it's, that's, that's part of biology, right? Like, your yeah. body requires sleep, restoration, recovery. Like, it requires food. It requires oxygen. It requ- you know, all of these things are essential. I find it funny that we even have to talk about this shit. Like, go outside <laughs> and get some fresh air. It's like, you know, it's like talking to a, a three-year-old. But unfortunately, this is the and, thing. And think about and... breathing properly. Yeah. 
Yeah, oxygen's fairly yeah, important. Man. Did you know that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know that the diaphragm is a muscle and most people don't know how to engage that muscle? Yeah. It's like trying to flex your bicep but not being able to. Like, well, I said this in a, like, a presentation up. the other day in a, in a bank over here and I said, like, honestly, what I'm going to tell you today, I'm not even going to pretend that this is this is magic stuff. Like, this is to get you to the start line that you should already yeah. be at. Yeah, you know, it's like literally most people are constantly living their life trying to get to the start line and then falling back and then trying to get there again and falling back and it kind of makes me sad when you think about it too deeply, which I do a lot. Is <laughs> you know, a lot of people are spending their time on this planet well behind what is even a basic level. Like you know, back in even our grandparents' day, they got up early, they got up with the the sunrise, they were outside a lot, they ate good clean food my grandparents were farmers so they were active for at least seven or eight hours a day uh you know structured exercise in some ways wasn't even a thing because they didn't really need it but now we've just we fucked ourselves so much that a lot of coaching really in the probably the first three months is just getting you to what should be a just it's just undoing the shit. <laughs> yeah. It's just undoing the shit, man. And dude, like I literally just wrote down a healthy organism is an adaptable organism. Yeah. And, you know, going back to what we said earlier, you know, people are constantly looking for the sets, the reps, the exercise, exercise order, exercise selection, fucking rest periods, all this shit, man. It's like, how much are you sleeping? Yeah. You know, how much sunshine are you getting? You know, what type of food, how much how much energy are you putting into your body in what ratios mm. and you know what what nutrients are you missing like let's talk about hormones let's talk you know there's there's so many different things man and and like i said a healthy organism is an adaptable organism so if you're fucking if your engine if your car is running on fumes and you've got fucking you know no engine oil you've got no brake fluid you've got no power steering fluid you're you know, one of your fucking spark plugs isn't firing, you know, you, you, your tires are flat, you know, all of these things, man. Like, if you're just trying to put your foot on the accelerator to get to where you want to go faster, it's not going to fucking work. It's going to blow your engine up. Yep. It's the same thing with our bodies, man. We've got 11 different systems of the body, right? So, you know, we need to optimize all of those systems. We need to get everything running optimally. We need to get everything running efficiently so that they can, you know, all the systems can do their job so that when we do go and add stress to the body by training, our body's in uh, a a good state to be able to go, hey, that was difficult. I need to be able to deal with this better next time. Now I'm going to make myself bigger, stronger, faster, leaner, smarter. You know, I think that's a fucking important thing, man. And, and, you know, it's a a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of people are missing. Mm. Yeah, something you said there about the car, it it brings up another question that people have got to ask themselves. And I think, you know, if we want to talk to specifically about the whole festive season and stuff like that, it's it's asking yourself what costs you're willing to pay and when you want to pay those costs. Because it's like a car, yeah, you know, you can disrespect your car, you can rag it around and not have the MOT done on it and not have the annual checkup done and everything else because you don't want to pay. But the odds are you are going to pay and you're going to pay a lot more later on. And this mm-hmm. is a this is a human problem is we only see like the current cost. Even like, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about the festivities. It's, well, if I don't get absolutely twatted four times this week at all the Christmas parties, then I'm missing out. People are going to think I'm this. People are going to think I'm that. And 
you know, ask your granddad who's on his deathbed, do you rem- does he remember the, the people he had a Christmas party with when he was 22? And he won't, you know, but he may have paid the cost 30, 40 years later from that kind of attitude, you know, a lot, a lot of drinking, bad food and so on. You pay a much bigger cost later on, whether it is medication or lack of a lifestyle because, you know, your bones and joints and everything are screwed. Um, mm. So... Yeah, um, do you want to get on to the, the sort of festive season stuff? Yeah, yeah, uh, that, was a, that was a good transition. I think that was, um, again, I think that's a, another good point as well. Like, you know, we are in the festive season by the time these episodes drop. Mm. And, you know, we're not saying that you can't fucking have a couple of drinks with your friends. You might get fucking sloshed one night. Mm. Who cares, yeah. right? As long as, as long as that's, you know, the exception rather than the rule, yeah. like... Everything's got again. It's the opportunity cost. It's the you know the cost benefit ratio. You know things have a certain value, and you know if I'm with my friends and family for Christmas, I'm gonna fucking drink beers all day. I'm gonna you know eat food. I'm gonna do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's because I look after myself the other fucking eighty percent of the time, ninety percent of the time, right? Because then that gives me the leeway to enjoy myself and you know go to and go to these celebrations and, you know, go through these festivities and essentially do what I want because I'm not doing whatever the fuck I want most of the time. In saying that, I do do whatever I want most of the time because they're in line with my values. That means (laughs) that, you know, I'm going to make sure I move every day. I am going to get some training in. I am going to get some sunshine. I am going to do some meditation. I am going to do some personal growth and development. I am going to, you know, I am getting good sleep majority of the time. You know, it's what you do the majority of the time that adds up. And I think that's an important thing. Like, you know, you need to, again, it comes back to, comes back to those approaches. You yeah. know, one, what's your identity? Who do you want to be? If you know who you want to be, act as if, act as if you're already that person, you know. So, um, I do want to be a healthy, fit um you know, mentally strong, physically strong human being that contributes to society. And that's what I do every single day. But then when I want to, you know, enjoy a couple of drinks and have some food and um, enjoy the company of my friends and family and things like that and and enjoy the celebrations, then I can do that as well. Yeah, it's so important. One guy I often think about, um, do you remember Robert uh, Orphanides, I think his name was, a guy I do, yes. um, For anyone listening, he basically, I met him at... Tiger Muay Thai and I used to see him walking around for hours on end backpack on sweating his ass off he was yeah, he was very overweight when he got there and to cut a long story short he's he's done like a lot of people you know tried this weight loss program tried this diet and so on didn't really work for him and then one day he basically went right I'm just going to go out to Thailand and essentially act like a fighter would now obviously when you're massively overweight you're not going to be doing 10k runs and running up hills and um, you know, doing loads of sparring and stuff like that. But he would just ask himself, well, what would a fighter do? Well, a fighter would do their cardio. So for him, that was walking around listening to podcasts for an hour or two. And he did his mm-hmm. pad work and, you know, he, he ate like a fighter would. And sure enough, he lost a crap load of weight. He got much better technically. Um, you know, is he now a UFC champion? No, but he is a shitload closer to what he wanted to by asking himself, well, what would a fighter do? What values would a fighter have? And that's almost what you need to do. 
like you say, nobody is saying you don't need to drink and nobody is saying you can't eat ice cream and everything else. But if you don't have values, you won't have limits either. So mm. I often talk about like runners, you know, a professional runner will generally have what they call like A, B and C races. So it's like my A race is, you know, obviously at the top level, it's the Olympic final, it's the world championships, mm-hmm. it's the Euros or whatever. Um, but then they will have other races where maybe they're not pushing themselves as hard or they're maybe playing a little bit with pacing and so on and so forth. And I think it's quite a good analogy to have over Christmas is, like, I'll be quite honest with you, I was absolutely twatted on last Saturday night. We had our works Christmas party, which is like my, that's my A race. I'm like, there, there are no rules mm-hmm. in that race. <laughs> we are, <laughs> you know, we're going for it. I regretted it the next morning, but it's it's one night. It's not going to affect me massively because the next one, well, maybe not the next day, but the day after I was back <laughs> in the gym and training and... for those listening we're recording this on Tuesday and I had my uh, end of year social with the rugby team on Saturday night bro I didn't get home till 7.30 in the morning (laughs) still paying for it today (laughs) I think this this is like the biggest thing the amount of people say oh I didn't realise you drink or like oh I saw you eating a a sandwich or something I'm like I I don't know what you think (laughs) is is going on here but you know again this is the social media generation where a lot of these influencers will put up you know, their photo shoot pictures, they will put up their perfect meal that's been, you know, the right light. And, and it's easy to think that's what they do all day, every day. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's not, well, some, some do, um, but generally I found those people are fucking miserable. Uh, and they will, they will have like a lost month every year where they disappear yeah. on social media. You'll find that the photos they're putting up are very similar to the ones they put up six months ago in season when they're having all the photo shoots. And yeah, but dude, just, like that's you know, that's a that's a good point as well. Like that's that's the all or nothing mindset. Mm. You know, everyone has this fucking all or nothing mindset with everything that we do. But it's just about recognizing that and then going right. I'm not going to go all or nothing. I'm going to, like you said, when you know what your values are, then you know what your limitations are. You yeah. start setting those rules and regulations for yourself. And that's so much more powerful than having someone else like me or you say, yeah, you know, you, you, you can only have three beers on Christmas Day mm-hmm. or you can only have, you know, one ice cream this week or whatever. Like you need to fucking set those rules yourself, but you need to act in line with mm-hmm. what your values are and you need to have clarity on what those values are. I think that's an important distinction like with the, the food. And I see a lot of people going, oh, I just eat whatever I want. And I think you, you kind of covered this before. It's like, yes, they mm-hmm. are eating whatever they want, but what they want has a limit because they know where the threshold is to get results and it's a it's a similar vein of thought to when we say about oh i don't need to count calories i just you know i just eat what i want and i know what to eat it's like yeah but you only know what to eat because you probably count the calories before and therefore you now know by sight what you can do so again we're going a little bit off topic You, you don't have to count calories but you do need to learn by sight how much you can eat. You know, it's a, it's one of these distinctions that often gets lost, and that's often what sends people, like we said, the kind of right at the start, very much off on the wrong direction because they don't understand. You know, Alan Cosgrove is a another another good friend of mine, and he he said, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Now I've lost my train of thought. <laughs> Remind me, what were we talking about? The education. Education around calories, uh, values. Um, Um, To go back to to go back to what what you're exactly what you're talking about, man. Like, uh, 
again, people look at me and they're like, oh, you drink beers and you do yeah. this. And I'm like, man, I fucking had KFC on Sunday night. <laughs> like after a massive night on Saturday, got home 7.30 yeah. in the morning, right? Massive night, everything goes. Slept all day, went and got KFC for dinner on Sunday night. Woke up two o'clock in the morning, fucking shit myself. <laughs> I just felt rubbish, man, yeah. you know? So yeah. I got into the gym on Monday and I trained didn't hammer myself because I knew that my body was under stress dealing with the alcohol, dealing with shit food, you know, but I still got in and I got some form of movement in that was going to allow my body to rest, recover. Mm. Um, and then I was fueling that by eating good quality foods, you know, in the right ratios with the right nutrients so that I could feel better again. Yep. And, you know, and, and that's the thing, man. It's like you, I need to educate myself on that stuff first and then I need to, one, connect the dots with it and be aware of it and then two i've got that information i know how it feels and like you said it's not you know do you think i want to fucking eat vegetables and salad and shit all the time <laughs> no but i know how it makes me feel yeah. and after a massive night on saturday and then kfc on sunday night like i felt shit man i was like you know what i need i need some fucking vegetables yeah. i need some sunshine i need some movement i need some meditation you know i need to do these things that i know is going to shift the needle in the right direction and allow me to reduce my stress and allow my body to recover and then adapt yeah. in a positive manner. Yeah, that brings a lot There's of a topics. massive education portion on that. Yeah, Sorry, that brings on. a lot of the, the topics we've spoken about together in terms of, you know, you, a lot of this stuff you will only learn what feels good for you by doing it. And I think as coaches, we can't expect people to know this stuff because they just haven't mm. done it. So again, on a client side, it's like you need to sort of trust your coach. You need to feedback those things. Like if you have had a rough week, whether it is stress or drinking or whatever, and let them work with that to determine what's the right way to, to play the game this week. You know, that, that's something that is a, a major thing at Christmas is going, all right, you know, there's nothing wrong with having a three course meal and a, a bottle of wine for Christmas, but understand the game you're playing that day so maybe you might fast for the the day you know that's what a lot of people do mm. manage your calories that way um in terms of training maybe you say look being honest i'm going to be out a couple of times a week uh, i am going to be eating more calories so again think ahead and so maybe december i tend to use that as a like a, a bulking period it's like look if i'm going to be eating more calories i might as well you know i'll do some more high volume training I'll try and make yep. the most of those calories and, and play the game rather than just treating it like a battle. It's like actually make the most of the situation. And you could, it's almost like you use the, the right phrase as showing up. It's like, what's the optimal way that I can show up? It's the difference between ideal and optimal. It's like, you might not be able mm. to do the ideal right now, but there's always an optimal decision that you can make okay, I've only got yeah. 20 minutes to get to the gym because I've got to leave the house at seven because I'm going out on the piss. It's like, okay, feed this back to your coach, design a, a program, right? For 20 minutes, you are going to work your ass off. You're going to, your intensity is going to be twice as high as it is training for an hour, but you have still trained. Your insulin sensitivity is up. Your, mm -hmm. the, the chain of what we said earlier, you, you've still got to the gym. Uh, you know, it, it yeah. is all, about, like you said about adaptation, it's, it's, that is really the key is not just saying, well, I can't implement the plan, so I'll just fuck it off until January. Because this is what yeah. does my head in. I wrote a post about this the other day is when you look at the people's year as a big picture thing, often December is just a write-off. Then 
it was not only a write-off, but you're also maybe gaining. I think I read somewhere the average person in in the UK, I think, gains between ten and twelve pounds over Christmas. So the chances are it's going to take you January and February to get back to November's levels. So effectively, we lost mm-hmm. three months of the year already. And then you know yep. a lot of people. I'm talking in UK terms. So August is often like the big summer month. I'm going on holiday, I'm drinking again, I'm eating, I'm barbecues, beers with the lads every week, maybe twice a week. Same thing happens as what happens at Christmas, is you end up gaining weight in August. Now, September, October, again, it's back to the start line. Now, when we look at that, we've lost six months of our year. That's one of the Mm. reasons you're not getting results, because for six months a year, you are literally treading water because you just, you completely sack off the plan. And this um, goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the all or nothing mindset, yeah. man. You know, most people are like, oh, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. So everything's gone. And yeah. it's like, no, like, what can I fucking do to yeah. minimize the damage? You know, going back to um, what you said earlier when I went around Thailand, right? Like, I wasn't training. Mm. Um, I actually tore my hamstring playing a rugby tournament, like, the first weekend of that trip. Um, you know, I was fucking driving around everywhere. I was hiking. Don't get me wrong. I took 110,000 steps over the course of a week. <laughs> so that was recovery for my hamstring, right? Yeah. But I wasn't training, man. Yeah. And I wasn't eating the way that I normally eat at home. And I wasn't sleeping. I didn't have my sleep routine. Um, you know, I didn't have my structure. So that kind of threw everything out. But, you know, I was still managing what I could. That didn't mean that I, I can't train today. So... Now I may as well eat whatever the fuck I want. I was still managing things as I was going and and I was in that mindset of, well, what can I do to, you know, manage this and minimize the damage? And that's the thing. There's going to be times where you're in a, I mean, fuck man, I'm in a, I'm in a maintained stage or a maintained phase for like six to eight months of the year. Mm. Where I'm going, you know what, I enjoy training because training makes me feel good. Um, but I still enjoy having a pizza on a yeah. Wednesday and a couple of beers on a Saturday and watch the rugby or whatever. So that's a maintained phase, right? I can yeah. I'm giving myself a little bit of leeway. I'm doing the right thing 80% of the time. Then, you know, there's going to be times where I've got a rugby tournament coming up where I'm like, all right, I'm going to start tightening the screws. I'm going to start dialing yeah. everything in. Now I'm going to reduce, you know, my alcohol. I'm not going to have a pizza on a Wednesday night. And I'm, my training's going to be fucking dialed in. I'm going to be managing how many calories I'm eating and in what ratios and micronutrients and all that type of stuff. And I start tightening those screws, right? And I might only be in that phase for like a month to three months of the year, right? My commitment level's at like an eight, nine, or a 10. So then, you know, my, my, um, my screws are tightened, my nutrition's yeah. on point, my sleep's on point, my, you know, everything's on point. But then there's going to be other times where, you know, I'll go back to Australia for a month and I'll have Anzac Day with the boys knowing that I'm going to be drinking beers and knowing I'm probably going to be going out for burgers and um, shit like that. Mm. So then it's like, all right, I'm going to minimize the damage. You know, I can be a little bit looser with things, but I'm, it's not fucking all or nothing. It's like, what can I do now that's going to minimize that damage? I think that's an important point for a lot of people and you know tying back into what you just said man is like you need to plan ahead Mm. if you know that december is going to be you know it's festive season every fucking year doesn't change right you know what what december is going to (laughs) bring so plan ahead man like if you know that you've got something coming up 
you know, you've been dieting for six months, you go, all right, cool, I'm going to lead into that, you know, going into Christmas, New Year's, I'm going to reverse diet for like six to eight weeks so that, you know, when I do eat fucking three and a half thousand, four thousand calories (laughs) on Christmas Day, you know, it's not a massive excess and my body's going to be able to adapt to it. I'm not fucking ballooning out. So prepare ahead, man. Like, are you going to be eating tomorrow? Yes. Mm. Everyone fucking knows they're eating tomorrow. You know, it's not a surprise when you need to fucking eat. (laughs) Plan ahead. It's not that hard. And that rounds out this third installment of this 85-minute conversation that I had with John Latoc of Stormforce Fitness. Stay tuned for the fourth and final installment of this conversation. Any five-star ratings and reviews are much appreciated, guys. Uh, Have a very happy New Year's, and I will see you guys next year. Much love. Peace.